Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My beauty secret, vengeance. <laughs> My beauty secret is literally estrogen. I mean, kind of, yeah. No, no, like really. We're still on vacation, you know, we're like just vibing this August, so this episode's gonna be a little lighter, but we're going to be talking about something that's like a little more ephemeral than our usual topics, and today we're gonna be talking about beauty. I think you and I are two people who have very different but um, important relationships with beauty. Mm -hmm. Certainly with beauty products. Mm -hmm. Taurus placements. Yes, Taurus placements. Um, Can you, like, track in your life when beauty was something that you started really caring about? And I don't mean kind of in the way of just, um, you know, uh, like, caring about what you looked like. But I think, um, I guess the idea of beauty that I have always been interested in is, like, when you start investing in what you look like. And I don't mean just financially, although obviously that's a huge part of beauty, but I think like investing your time and energy um, into what you look like. That's a really good question. And I don't know if I have a crystal clear answer, but I, maybe, maybe not an, an answer to your question, but maybe an early, something that is, uh, something that I actually have on a home video somewhere is me, I'm like, maybe like two years old or one or two and my parents are throwing a birthday party for me and someone as a joke like put cake on my face you know because it's like you're a kid and cake on your face or whatever and I remember being like what 
the fuck did you just, and like wiping it off my face like this, like being like, what the fuck did you just do to me? And being like, I will not not be beautiful. You know what I mean? See, what you should have done is, you should have rubbed it into your face a la Mrs. Doubtfire. (laughs) Yes. And done a face mask. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Um, I feel like... Can we um, do one together on three? One, <laughs> two, three. Hello! I think we just got a... I think we got some peaks there. Yeah. Um, my, um, uh, my, point, my point being, I have kind of always been concerned with aesthetics and the aesthetic value of myself and things around me, which is not something I'm necessarily proud of, but just drives my life regardless. And... Um, yeah, I think that beauty is something that I'm constantly striving for, if not accomplishing, which I accomplish it often. Um, what about you, Rose? Like, do you think you have, like, a formative devotion to beauty or, like, an early memory of beauty? Yeah, my mama told me when I was young in the glass of her <laughs> boudoir. <laughs> I'm as um, free as my hair. Um, I, I, I think, like, of course I've always, you know had feelings and thoughts and opinions about um my body and like the way I was viewed whatever but I also think it's honest to say that for most of my life beauty in maybe like the truest sense of the word was not something that I really thought about until I was presenting as female like I Hmm. think AMAB people generally not to like make a mass generalization but it's just something we are taught to care less about or Mm -hmm. taught or socialized to think that it is it's not something that's for us beauty is something that is for women and and to be concerned with beauty is not for us we are cultured to just I don't know, be little balls of mud that just, like, don't care about, like, our fucking hygiene or, like, how we present to the world. And, like, I don't know, thinking back to our Devil Wears Prada episode and other things we talk about this podcast, like, I think as superficial and as capitalistic and as, you know, as much of an artifice that, like, beauty and aesthetics can be, especially when you're trying to make it in an industry... It is also your armor. It is the thing that you wear out into the world to not only show and express to people who you are, but also to safeguard you. You know, like as, as marginalized people, sometimes beauty is one of the few tools we have to navigating or getting up in certain spaces. But also Um, on the flip side, beauty is pain. Beauty is pain. And laser I have I is... have gone through a lot of pain for beauty. Oh my god, that reminds me I have laser tomorrow. Ugh. Ugh. I need to I need to schedule. Honestly. This was my this was my laser that I scheduled to I'm going to like go into full like Greta Garbo hermit mode for like a week and a half after and just like not see anyone. You'll get so I'm much gonna, writing done. I'm gonna get laser and I'm gonna let myself become the wolf man for a little bit. The wolf not man. That. Um, <laughs> not that. Yeah, because I think my problem is that, like, with lasers that I always, like, shave too quickly after it, and I just need to let it all fall out. Oh, is that what you're supposed to do? 
Yeah, according to my laser tech, you're oh not my God. supposed to shave and so just like, the, let it come out naturally. So for the virgins, I'm at the beginning of my laser journey, getting rid of my chin strap, and also maybe shaving off my mustache. I don't know if I'll be lasering my mustache area. I mean, I don't really know. I can't All I know is that I just without a mustache, baby, get ready. I mean, I, I think I'm excited just, though. Yeah, That's I such mean, a fun new I'm, thing for you. I'm not that excited. I'm well, honestly, this is great for today's topic. I've had a bit of an existential crisis around shaving my mustache because I have so many different contrasting opinions within my own head about why I have it and why I shouldn't. And um, I often think about what I do to my own image to appear hot to the world and specifically to appear hot to men. And I do think that growing a mustache was something I did specifically to find and frame my face in a way that made me like my face more. Because the way dysphoria works is just like, you just never like your face like ever. It doesn't matter how many procedures you get, like how much like surgery you get, how many ways you manipulate what you do. It's just like so hard to love your face. And so, you know, trying to find ways to change it was like my first grasp at figuring out like what I am and what I want. Um, and now, years and years and years later, after having a mustache and it being kind of a part of my, for lack of a better word, brand or public image, it feels like everyone loves it. Even if people don't love it, it's like shaving it. People would be like, oh my God, you shaved your mustache. That's crazy. And it's like, I don't want any of that. Like, it yeah. actually shouldn't be that deep. And I'm know? sure, like, it's also you're anticipating just because of who you are, the um, the questions that might come with it of yeah. people being like, oh, what does it mean? What's going on with your gender? Like, you know, like yeah. it's very loaded to change something that fundamental about yourself. But like the thing is, it's not fundamental. It's it's just hair. Exactly. It's just hair. But as Fleabag and- told us, hair is everything. <laughs> hair is everything. <laughs> oh my we God. wish it wasn't, but hair... Is everything. It really oh is. But like, I feel like I've found like my actual hair hair. Like I've really found a journey where I, I do love my face more because of how my hair frames my face. And so your hair looks it, great, by the way. Thank you. And and honestly, I mean, yours always looks great. I don't That's even have to compliment true. you back. No, I mean, whatever. Really well, false. We, whatever, whatever. Um, but I, I just want to say like you know, people can speculate. Obviously, it is a gender thing. Like, obviously, like, I want to shave off my mustache because, like, I, I'm i a she-they and I want to give a little more she, you know? Like, and and I, I feel at odds with that because I shouldn't have to be hairless in order to belong to a certain echelon of transness, in order to belong to the dolls, in order to belong to, yeah. you know, all the things that but we that talk is the, about But that sometimes. is the thing about, like, this concept of trans beauty and, like, mm-hmm. um, you, because, you know, I know so many cis women, queer women, who have tons of body hair. Tons! And... For them, and and I certainly have seen women where I think I find their body hair super feminine and feminizing. I actually was thinking about this recently because um, I was I was on a, a Google image spiral of looking at Julia Roberts in the '90s, and she wow. very icon- she what very, a good spiral to be in. She very iconically at the premiere to Notting Hill 
had really visible um, underarm hair. Ooh, and hot. Th- it was such a like huge tabloid thing at the time. And I can look at that and be like, oh, that's so cool and like sexy on her. But I time. do not feel that way about myself. Mm. Even though like I don't really shave my underarms, I still think that I should because if I don't, then like it's super masculine. Right. Yeah, it's just so weird how, well, first of all, like, hair removal in general, like, we could give a whole, you know, presentation on it, but it, it, it has. Oh, I a, have like, the deck ready to go. Girl, like, and, and, but like, in a history of hair removal is, is all colonization. It's, it's a hundred percent about, like, colonized ideas of beauty and, and misogynistic ideas of beauty, to be honest. Um, but like, back to like what you were just talking about it's like there i mean first don't get it twisted body modification is awesome like amazing yeah, i love 10 out of 10 <laughs> yes 10 out of 10 i'm so excited for like the what's next for me just in the small amount of like just in what kind of beauty hacks i've kind of beauty hacks gender hacks i've like gotten into since i've you know gotten on this journey but like there's just a lot of people, and I will say this is often an intercommunal conversation where other trans people don't think you're trans unless you shave, unless you're quote unquote hairless and tear. You know what I mean? Or well, it's so it's so funny that a discussion of beauty with us immediately turns into a discussion of gender, mm-hmm. and I do think that's true of most queer and trans people I know. Is those two things are inextricably linked. Even people I know who, like, don't fall anywhere on the trans spectrum. Like, you know, like, so many cis gay men I know, like, to them, beauty is being super masculine. and Or, like, whatever version of that means to them. Um, beauty is, unfortunately, intrinsically wrapped up in gender and vice versa. Um, although, I guess, like, recently... But, I mean, this is still, like, proving my point... You know, recently in the past like year or so, I've felt a little less, I, I felt less need to be so strict about like presenting super femme and that's like gone on and off and have mm-hmm. sometimes found like a lot of beauty in androgyny. Um, mm-hmm. And that's also something I'm usually like really attracted to in people. Um, but like, I mean, that's still inherently gendered because like androgyny is still I mean even though like the idea of androgyny is genderless like I still think it's so wrapped up in gender yeah and that's the other thing is like at least with me it's like I I am trying to find comfort in androgyny and I'm trying to find the balance of all the different components of what makes me mask and what makes me femme or whatever and I find that like when I try too hard to push into the doll territory where I'm like, I really want to be hairless and Tara. I really want to be just like a woman today or whatever. I f- sometimes I feel like it makes me hate my beauty more because I'm not achieving something that I'm trying at. Yeah. As it's, a, it's, a, to, it's a losing game. Yeah. As opposed to actually loving what comes naturally to me which is to be both and to be a mishmash and and that like in that there's androgyny and in that there's spagotry and that I love those things and that is like 
where my my beauty goals are. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. You know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, 
it's an ongoing conversation because just people don't understand that trans people have existed before hair removal and before gender affirming surgeries and before estradiol, you know, it's like, it's insane that that has to even be clarified. But I think it's because there really aren't that many types of trans people that people turn to on the representational level. I feel like it's like on the scale, if you look at the scale of transness, it's like on this end of the scale, it's Elliot Page. And on this end of the scale, it's Laverne Cox. And right in the middle, it's a Logvade Manon. And you're either one of these three or you're not trans, you know what I mean? And like, or we have no idea what to do with you. And so when the needle is like a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, which is kind of where my gender feels a lot of the time, people are on edge because this is a conversation about, but, it, but it's about presentation ultimately. Like people are on edge because they're like, well, what are you? You know what I mean? Like people want to, extricate and make meaning of your beauty and your presentation and and figure out what you are as opposed to just finding solace in in what you remain to be you know what i mean yeah and i think this is why i have tried as much as possible to untangle beauty from gender presentation and find things about myself that i that are beautiful um, no matter how I'm presenting or like how femme or androgynous or even mask I like feel on any given day. Um, And like, I think I've been somewhat successful in that. And like, I do think, you know, like, as I said, I think when we talk about beauty, like it's this concept of, of investing in your body and the, the way you present. And so I try to focus on things that like, like, I I really care about my skin. And, you know, skin, I think, like, of course, again, it's like bodies are gendered. Like, that's the way the world works. But I can feel really good about my skin and, like, not really worry about, you know, if it's, like, if my skin is, like, fish or whatever. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing, though, is, like, they always say beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But it's actually, like, beauty is about selfhood and about, how you carry what you're working with and how you sell it and what makes you feel confident. And I think that beauty as a a personal practice starts with figuring out just that. Like, what is the thing that you know how to, that you like to manipulate, that you enjoy doing so, that doesn't make you feel, you know, pressurized, competitive, or over-evaluated. And if if your thing is like, I'm going to get my skin right, or if another person's like, I'm going to dye my hair this way, or if another person's like, I'm going to wear a Luke every single day, even to just a coffee shop, you know, like everyone evaluates their aesthetic. Everyone find, you finding joy in your aesthetic is just like a simple pleasure of life. Yeah, and and I, and like so much of beauty is just for you. Like yesterday, I was, I like didn't leave my apartment yesterday, but I had just got, I had just gotten this new highlighter and I like put it on in the morning just cause I like wanted my cheeks to be shiny all day, like just for me. And that's fine. You know, I think like we're in this place where like as a culture, we've become so invested in the idea of self care and that's like intrinsically linked to beauty like and I guess it's it's like kind of problematic that the idea that 
the best way to care for yourself is like to do something that um, costs money. That that a costs money and also makes you more desirable and mm. you know like that the only end goal of self care is to look more beautiful. Um, yeah. Which I think, like, is and isn't true. But, you know, like, I don't necessarily always, like, get a facial. Like, you know, I got a facial two weeks ago and it wasn't necessarily so, like, I looked better. It was because I wanted to feel better. I wanted to, like, spend an hour where I, like, couldn't look at my phone and someone was just, like, massaging lotions and potions into my face. And that was really nice. And, like, yeah, a byproduct of that is, like, my skin looked better and, like, you know, that's nice, but it was more about, you know, what it did for me and how it made me feel. Exactly. Um, And I, and I, and that's the thing is like finding your beauty practice is about, you know, extricating it from fuckability or extricating it from like, you know, exclusivity or belonging to a certain echelon of people or like money or material or any of those things. It's about like selfhood and understanding, I don't know, what makes you happy in when it comes to aesthetics. And I don't know, I think a lot about Andre Leontali and like how on like his ability to just identify beauty, um, which was basically the body of his work, like he was just such a true genius, but how he never saw beauty and fashion to be about labels. He knew it to be about style and about how you carried it. And and I think that that was something that drew everyone to him because he knew how to do it. And he himself would constantly say that he's not beautiful. Like he would always make self-deprecating jokes about how they don't they don't keep me here for my looks, they keep me here for my brains or whatever. But that's just that, is that someone can live a life that is in and surrounded by and about beauty and and it has nothing to do with your fuckability or your class or your clout, you know? Yeah. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, my name is Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. I just had a great conversation with Michael B. Jordan, and you can listen to it right now. Michael is known for his performances in both film and television. His breakout role was in Fruitvale Station, playing Oscar Grant, which earned him widespread praise and numerous award nominations. His portrayal of Killmonger in Marvel's Black Panther, one of my favorites, 
further solidified his status as one of Hollywood's leading actors, earning him widespread acclaim for his complex and compelling performance. In our conversation, Michael really opens up. You're going to love listening to it, and I can't wait for you to check it out. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. It's always the feeling when you're getting ready. To, you know, people give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. People quit. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core... What I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Stephanie J. Block and I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks and we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Do you have a beauty hack that you want to share with the virgins? I have one. I feel, yeah, you, you go first. Will you go first? Okay, so something I've been doing recently that I think actually when when we were in New York, I, I told you about this. Um, one of my favorite things to do now, like on days when I don't wear makeup, because I don't, I don't wear makeup that often, mm-hmm. I still like to look a little like lit and dewy. And so one of my favorite tricks is using just like petroleum jelly or like Vaseline or whatever and I just put it on like the high points of my cheek on my lids like under Mm. my brow and then you know obviously on my lips because it's like the best lip balm is just like Vaseline or Aquaphor or whatever that is a good hack I I love a kind of balm chapstick something on the on the high points and I love a multi-purpose product that is just something that you can like get at any like literally anywhere you can get like you know vaseline or petroleum jelly literally anywhere and it's you know cheap um and everyone everyone wants to look dewy these days everyone wants to look glistening and moist and like like a glazed donut that's that's so much the vibe where you know a couple years ago it was all about looking like matte and snatched and like i love looking like a glazed donut um i honestly on your glazy vibe the first thing that came to mind was body oil um i mean this i think this is true for everybody but definitely true for like melanated skin like you like, I, I, I love the Vacation body oil. I think it has the best smell and the best shine. The Glossier body oil is also kind of fine. I think their products disappear too easily. 
But, you know, I, if you get yourself a cute little body oil, the experience of putting it on is very luxurious. And it's you so go nice out and to people... take that extra couple minutes to just yeah. like smother yourself with and, lotions and potions. And people and... are always like, oh, you look so you're like glowing, you know. Um, so I love that. I also will say and this is like I think this is just a, a, a shout out to any beauty virgins because it's so one on one to anybody who does makeup. But like just curl your lashes Curl your Truly, damn lashes. Uh, that's another thing. Like, in addition to, like, n- just, like, some Vaseline or whatever. Like, even if you're doing literally nothing else, just curling your lashes makes such a difference. It makes you look more alert. It's, like, takes one second. It's it's such a huge difference. It's something that I forget to do a lot. And I also, like, I don't... Even when I have, like, a lot of makeup on, which is still not a lot of makeup, but for me is I hardly ever wear a mascara because I just don't like it like I have kind of watery eyes so it always ends up smearing um even if I use waterproof and like also I don't like wearing waterproof mascara so just curling my lashes like makes such a huge difference yeah especially yeah I mean I and I already have just beautiful lashes in general so it really makes a huge difference oh my god well, did, like, weren't you gonna get lash extensions at some point i was i was but ash kind of convinced me not to because her last experience with lash extensions was not so great but like i i'm still thinking about it i i, I kind of do want lash extensions it's just they don't last very long yeah i also my lashes are naturally kind of long but they're like long and straight so they almost like droop down a little bit so length is never what I'm looking for it's always curl and lift yeah I mean I just feel like people everyone should have a good no makeup makeup routine like everybody of any gender like you can if I mean for me it's like a NARS concealer okay you know at the at the points that you want it however you want to highlight your face curl your lashes Get a little dewy. Brow gel. You've turned me on to brow gel. Um, brow gel is important. For me, uh, it's it's always about lips. It's always about To me, about lips. lips are beauty. Mm. Um, I, I have said this before, I think. I don't leave my apartment with less than two lip products. <laughs> ever. There's I, always, if I have a bag, there's at least two lip products in it. I have a lip balm in my car. It's just, to me, it's like the, the the one thing I never want to do is have my lips look dry. If slash when I do shave my mustache, I am going to get really on my lip game because there's so much more shaping that I can do um, with a liner. But like I... Um, I also just like, I always want to have like a juicy lip when I leave. I always want to have like a, a little bit of blush. I don't always wear a highlighter anymore, but like I, what I do actually love, even if I'm just going out to, even if I'm doing something super duper casual, I will say the one thing that I might do if I don't want to put on makeup is I'll take like a brown eyeliner and I'll like put a little edge at the corner of my eye, like almost Mm -hmm. like a cat eye, and then maybe smudge it up top a little bit to create this kind of, just to widen and open up my eyes a little bit. And I feel like that is like so stupid. It sounds so stupid. And I got it from Zoe Kravitz Beauty Secrets video. But like, I just, I feel so hot when I put it on. And I think that's, again, it's, it's about embodiment. And the hack that makes you feel embodied is like, do it. One thing that's made me feel very beautiful recently and kind of something that I've really gotten into 
is perfume and scents. Mm. Like I was never a perfume girl. It was always the thing I forgot to do was like give myself a little spritz. And now if I'm going to like interact with socially with someone or even just like go to the grocery store, I have to give myself a little spritz of something before I leave the house. My go-to scents of the moment are, I do really love Glossier U. Um, love. Which is so you know, like kind of musky, a little like peppery. Um, it's a cult favorite for a reason. Cult favorite. Um, I love the, um, I tried a bunch of different Lalabo scents because I know everyone has like such a fucking boner for Lalabo. And none of the like really popular ones really worked for me. But the bergamot scent is so good. It's so like fresh and citrusy and like honestly like almost a little like androgynous or like maybe a little more masculine. It's it's like not like sweet and floral, but it's so good. Which Um, by the way, whoever you are in the world, pick the subtle perfume. Like don't pick the crazy like very strong, like multiple scents, like like scent. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we all have very specific pheromonal responses to certain scents, and I know some girls that just like really commit to the nastiest thing. That oh, I've I know. I smelled. I actually got when I got the bergamot Lalabo perfume. I also bought the jasmine one, and I bought small packages of each and I had smelled them in the store but I hadn't Mm. smelled them on myself right and then when I sprayed jasmine on myself it I thought I was gonna vomit it (laughs) did not mix well with my body chemistry yeah and I mean you know I returned it but yeah it was it was awful it was disgusting but um yeah I love I love I think smelling good is the height of luxury like because i always notice it it is my favorite compliment to give and to get like if you give someone a hug or an air kiss and i love to say to someone i mean if it's true like i love telling someone oh my god you smell so good because it is the thing that i notice more than anything and also scent is tied to memory yeah exactly and i think that if you find smelling good is being memorable and I like. I think that if you find a signature scent that is very you that no one else has, because like don't get the like don't get Santel thirty three. You no. know what I mean? It also like, doesn't no, but, smell that good. Yeah, it doesn't. And if it's that's the thing is like if you're just getting what everyone else is getting, like you, you smell like nobody. But I I love um, uh, Dosant by Diptyque. I also love Glossier. I do, U. Lo- I lo- do love Dosant by Diptyque. Um, it's really good. It's so soft and feminine and beautiful. Yeah, um, it's it's a great white floral um, moment. Sometimes I just love like putting coconut oil in my hair and like smelling mm-hmm. like that. Or sometimes I love just the smell of you know, um, you know, if I like burn some Palo Santo and like it's kind of lingering on my clothes. Mm-hmm. Although that's I also love the Noto Botanics rooted oil that smells like Palo Santo. I um, love that rooted oil. I love um, just putting on some everyday oil that has a really beautiful, subtle scent to it. Honestly, really good deodorant sometimes can really do it. Like, I have a really great Baxter deodorant that I get compliments on all the time. Yes. And I know that a lot of queers don't like wearing deodorant, but, like, I think I think you should. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should. I think, I think you, you should. should wear a deodorant. I, Culturally, I we that. should all move on to deodorant. Even if, you, even if it's your kink, 
It's not everybody's camp. No, really. I'm, there are some. There, I, there are some. I get some people really like their natural musk, and I like it too. Like I love if I'm hooking up with someone, I love sniffing a pit. I love licking a pit, but. Mm-hmm. Sitting next to someone at a restaurant and being able to smell them is not not good. This is kind of a stupid anecdote, but I was once invited. I had these very weird friends that had this like insane brownstone in Brooklyn that they would have crazy events at all the time because they were all like mad scientists, like media makers. And they once I was once invited to a pheromone party where everyone hosted had by to- pheromone. Hosted by Pheromone, um, where everyone at the party was probably, I I don't know how many people were there, but like, I don't know, maybe like a dozen or two people. Everyone had to bring an item of clothing, probably like a shirt that they had worn for at least a day or two. And they bring it and they're, you know, itemized and made anonymous. And everyone would go around in a circle and smell each other's shirts and try to match with someone based on what pheromones they would respond to mm. and and talk about what they what they smelled or what they liked about it or whatever and it was and I didn't I wasn't there but I had, I heard fascinating things because some people would be like some people would smell the shirt and be like this smells rancid disgusting huge I'm mega almost, flop due to coffee. yeah I'm almost gonna vomit and with the same scent other people would be like this is so hot and like I am immediately turned on or like I love this scent or like you know what I mean like everyone it's it's really about pheromones and yeah I don't know mm. I'd be curious maybe we should have a pheromones party Rose maybe um no homo but Fran you are one of the most beautiful people I know uh, and I, I want us just to end on a, a nice note and I did want to tell you that Rose you are one of the most beautiful people I know thank you for saying that you're welcome. <laughs> it felt real when I said it. I know. It felt I'm less look, real when you said it. I'm really bad at sounding sincere. It's because my voice is naturally sarcastic. No, it's just because I hate myself. That's why. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon with, you know, our normal episodes. Um, but until then, you know, keep listening, keep tagging us, keep sliding into our DMs at Like a Virgin for 2069. Big thank you to our producer, Phoebe, and everyone at iHeart. And see you soon. Hear you soon. Talk to you soon. Hear you soon. Bye. <laughs> Ciao. Me. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.